Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. For me, it was the right fit against the New York Giants. Like, this is, this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. We are not in the USA. We are in London And what a day for the New York Giants, 27-22 over the Green Bay Packers. And raise your hand if you had the Giants coming here to London, playing at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium without all the guys that they could have used in this spot and beating Aaron Rodgers down the stretch, going through the circumstances that they went through. It was a heck of a win for the New York Giants, and they are now 4-1 under Brian Dable. They have matched the number of wins that they had all of last season. I know there are going to be a lot of people who want to talk about, well, the Packers aren't very good and yada, yada, yada. The the reality of the NFL is you beat who was on your schedule. And this was not the Giants beating Jordan Love at quarterback. This was the Giants beating Aaron Rodgers. And going through what they went through on defense with no Leonard Williams, no Aziz Ojolari. They lose a Dory Jackson in the first half. There is no way that anyone, anyone, and I guarantee you if you ask the Giants front office and they were able to tell you, if you gave them those circumstances, there is no way they think they're coming down and winning that game. And not only winning that game, you go on the defensive side of the ball and Fabian Monroe and Nick McLeod are making plays at corner to deny Aaron Rodgers. We'll get into that in a second, but just overall to set the steam. Set the scene. The Giants now have the second-best record in the NFC. Think about that. Now, if the Cowboys beat the Rams, they'll obviously be tied with the Cowboys, and the Eagles will be ahead. So, you look at that. The Eagles are playing the Cardinals right now as I'm recording this. They're up 17-10. So, if they win... They'll be the only team with five wins. The teams with four wins, the Giants, the Bills, the Vikings, which is a little bit of a surprise, maybe not as surprising as the Giants. And if the Cowboys beat the Rams, the Cowboys will also have four wins. So think about that when you're considering what went down today. And at 17-3... There is no Giants fan alive who would have thought, you know what, they're coming back from this. 
I would imagine everyone in that stadium, including all of us who sat on press row, phenomenal stadium, by the way, great setup for the media. Uh, If you could tell by my photos on Twitter and Instagram, at art underscore Stapleton, uh, it's just a tremendous venue. And uh, I really can't say much more than that uh, in terms of how great it was. But... At 17-3, they trailed by double digits twice to Aaron Rodgers with a defense that was missing all the players that I said and an offense that could only suit up four wide receivers today. Marcus Johnson from the practice squad, call up yesterday. And then when you look at Darius Slayton, who couldn't get on the field at the beginning of the season, and he played great today, all things considered. David Sills and Richie James. Those were the four receivers. Then also you had Saquon Barkley out of the backfield, and then you had the three tight ends, Daniel Bellinger, Tanner Hudson, and Chris Myrick. That's what Daniel Jones was working with today. So... Let's get into a couple of the key plays, key you know segments of the game that I really wanted to talk about. Number one, we'll get to the offense in a little bit. Let, let's talk defensively, okay? Now I have the play-by-play here, so I'm going to go back and refer to it and really just kind of give you guys my take on, on what went down. You know, you've got that last... Giants are up 27-20, right? Packers take over at at 6 minutes and 8 seconds left. Now you're telling me that at that moment, if I told you that the Packers would drive from their own 25, go all the way down for for a first and 10 from the Giants 15, Right, and then you have second and third, uh, second and three from the Giants eight, and Giants call their first timeout at a minute eleven. So think about this: the Giants in that situation made the decision that they were going to put the confidence in their defense to make a play. Packers needed to score a touchdown, so. In that situation, Brian Dable decides not to use his timeouts. So the Packers could essentially take the ball down and try to go for a tie or the win and not worry about it. But the Giants gave them the confidence defensively. So you got a third and one from the six-yard line. Who in their right mind would just think about the odds that you would get for Aaron Rodgers to throw a touchdown in that situation? Third and one from the six against a Giants defense that's banged up and the way they were playing. They had a boost from the offense. But come on, we've seen this team. We've seen it. They're still growing. They're developing. But six yards, that's all Aaron Rodgers needs? He looks short left to Randall Cobb. Kayvon Thibodeau has a good rush in the lane. 
Quick release, and Thibodeau knocks the play, knocks the ball out of the air. Tay Crowder almost intercepts it and ends the game there. So then it's fourth and one from the six, right? A minute five. You think to yourself, okay, it's essentially a goal-to-go situation. But why not? Maybe the Packers look and they go get a first down. I kind of think it was a little disrespectful to the Giants looking back on it. Rodgers looks short right to Alan Lazard and Xavier McKinney at the line of scrimmage, which is what he did against Carolina back in week two. Remember, he had two passes defensed at the line of scrimmage. McKinney knocks down the pass high up into the air. It falls incomplete, and the Packers turn the ball over on downs. 62 seconds left, but the Giants are on their own seven, and the Packers still had timeouts. So Daniel Jones takes a knee first. They lose a yard. Green Bay calls its second timeout. Then Daniel Jones takes another knee. They lose another yard. So now they're back down to the five. Green Bay takes its last timeout with 58 seconds to go. And Brian Dable has an opportunity, has a situation. What do you do? You're third and 12 from the five. You take another knee with Daniel Jones. Minus two. And now the clock is running. Well, here's where I thought Dable did a good thing. You end up letting the clock run all the way down. Before the play clock runs out, you call your second timeout. 15 seconds left on the clock. you got a fourth and 14 from the three. Jamie Gillen, and isn't it, doesn't it always happen that way? Jamie Gillen, in his essential homecoming, wrote about his homecoming, the Scottish Hammer, the origin of the nickname, on NorthJersey.com. Make sure you check that out if you didn't see it on Sunday. And Gillen backed up all the way in the end zone. They trust Gillen. He runs to his left, tries to take as many time, as much time as off the clock as he can. Really only took off four seconds, which kind of surprised me. But you don't want to risk it there. And Gillen's tackled in the end zone, and now all of a sudden you have a lot of momentum uh, going on there. Uh, so he steps out of bounds and gets a free kick from the 20. So it's an 18-yard return, and the Packers have essentially one play with seven seconds to go. And you can't tell me that you were not thinking the same thing I was. Aaron Rodgers, Hail Mary, we saw it in the 2016 playoffs. It's essentially the moment that the Giants' trajectory turned. The Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary just before halftime in Green Bay. It was almost like they reversed the curse from Eli Manning's Hail Mary in 2011 to Hakeem Nix. And from that moment, halftime of the playoff game in Green Bay, really all the way through now, it's like the Giants were cursed by that Hail Mary. 
And I had the opportunity to run into it. How ironic. Victor Cruz was in the Giants locker room. He was here all day today, all weekend, actually, being an ambassador for the Giants. Uh, Eli Manning was somewhere in the building, did not see him. And Sterling Shepard was on the trip. So I made sure I went to go to Sterling to ask him about that. And he had some good things to say. I'll have that in a story that posts on NorthJersey.com in the morning for subscribers. If you're not subscribed, please take advantage to read all my coverage from London. We're here for you. When we say all in, we're all in. I've been in here in London. I've been doing as many stories as possible, trying to give you original content. I appreciate all of you who do go to the sites in your area, NorthJersey.com, APP, My Central Jersey, Low HUD, anywhere in the country you want your local news, you can go there as long as it's a Gannett product and you will get my coverage of the Giants. It's that simple. Last I checked, it was $1 for six months. Help your guy out. Be all in. $1 for six months. You get all my coverage. It helps us. It helps us make trips like this. It's going to help us be in Jacksonville, be in Seattle to cover this team, this 4-1 team. I need you to support my coverage. So, Aaron Rodgers with the Hail Mary. After a penalty, a false start, moves it back five yards. So it's a first and 15 from the Green Bay 36. Rodgers runs around a little bit. There was a little apprehension on the Giants' sideline because obviously Aaron Rodgers' reputation precedes him. But O'Shane Zimenez cannot say enough about O'Shane Zimenez. Maybe it's the change in nickname. From the X-Man with the Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman when they drafted him to now calling him Ox, Wink Martindale and company. He sacks Rodgers, forces the fumble. Green Bay recovers the fumble, but it didn't matter. The clock ran out, and that was it. Your final score, 27-22. O'Shane gave credit to Jihad Ward after the game said they kind of funneled Rodgers a little bit, forced him to go one way. O'Shane forced him to go to Jihad. Jihad forced him back to O'Shane, and O'Shane ended up getting the sack. Those plays by the defense, they were tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. And that was a huge part of this win. Now for the flip side. The offense. And I can't say enough about Daniel Jones. I don't want to hear about his future. I really don't. That decision is going to be determined at the end of the season. However the Giants want to look at their quarterback situation, it's going to happen. If Jones gets hurt again and he can't play, treat the 2022 Giants as they are. You're not compromising 2023 by watching Daniel Jones try to develop. And you just never know. Daniel Jones right now is playing the best ball of his career. He shows guts. He can make plays. He's ripping throws. Yes, I understand. He doesn't see all his progressions sometimes against good schematic defenses. Totally get it. 
But when you look at what happened today, it was 20 to 13 Green Bay, the end of the third quarter. First play, he throws a pass to the short flat to Saquon Barkley. Devondre Campbell drives him into the ground, loss of one, and Barkley comes off his arm hanging. You could tell he was injured. From that point, the Giants drove 91 yards in 15 plays, 14 without Saquon. Think of the emotional impact. Saquon Barkley off the field, goes into the blue tent, then has to go into the locker room, likely for x-rays to check it out. You're going to try to tape it up. He had KT tape. He had uh, a pad, extra padding put underneath his shoulder pad. Everything that was going on in the locker room, and here the Giants are driving down the field. Matt Breda for 13 yards. A Daniel Jones scramble for 14. And then the defensive holding tax on another five yards. Matt Breda again, minus one. Daniel Jones a pass for seven yards to Marcus Johnson on Jair Alexander. Daniel Jones a pass across the middle to Daniel Bellinger for 11 yards and a first down. Jair, Jair Alexander again in coverage. Jones scrambles up the middle for three. Scrambles to right guard for first down for eight yards. Breida again for two. Jones to Marcus Johnson for 16 yards. A Gary Brightwell right guard run for three yards. Now the Giants are inside the 10. Second and seven, they throw to Myrick. Gains four yards. Now it's a third and three at the seven. Giants get five yards on a pass to David Sills. Nice play by Sills. Down at the two. Gets out of bounds. Ben Bredesen is hurt on the play. So not sure what was going to happen. Josh Azudu ran on for the first, first time all game. So on first and goal from the two, Daniel Jones was incomplete. Bredesen comes back on the field, and the Giants go to Gary Brightwell, who powers his way up the middle for two yards and a touchdown. All without Saquon Barkley, except for that first play. And think about that. That was Daniel Jones running this offense, essentially the way it's drawn up. And then you talk about what they did on the next drive after a three and out. Packers take the ball, tie game. Everyone in the building is thinking, okay, here we go. Rodgers is going to move him down the field. That's going to be it. And they're going to take the lead, and then the Giants are going to have to do something just to tie the game. Well, guess what? Three and out. Yes, Jason Pinnock muffed the catch on the punt, but luckily the ball went out of bounds. So the Giants take over. 9.42 left in the game. Saquon Barkley and Matt Breda, both on the field at the same time. No gain on a pass the first down. Next play was the game changer. Saquon Barkley comes across the middle. He's open in space. Jones hits him in stride. 
And Saquon goes for 41 yards. Put a great juke move on Savage, the safety, for Green Bay. And now the Giants were in business. First and 10 from the 19. Matt Breda had a big run. Daniel Jones ran for four yards. And then this formation. And I joked to Saquon Barkley why he's not petitioning to make this the Nittany Lion and not the Wildcat. And he said he might have to do that. So Giants actually had a penalty on second and five from the five that it was a direct snap for Barkley, but Daniel Jones did not cover up Andrew Thomas, so it sets up as a legal formation. The penalty is charged to Andrew Thomas, but he didn't do anything wrong. So they move back. Second and 10 from the 10. Daniel Jones hits Darius Slayton for six yards, and then Rasul Douglas gets called for unnecessary roughness that moves the ball from the four to the two. So not a big deal, but you get an automatic first down, and that was huge because then on the next play, they go back to Saquon Barkley with Gary Brightwell in the game with him. Barkley goes around right end. Brightwell gets enough of a block. Barkley sees the pylon, turns on the Jets, gets into the end zone, jump man celebration, and the Giants are on top 27-20. Really, you know, it's it's hard not to give a ton of credit to everybody from the top down right now. You know, they're picking the right players. They have the guys who are coming in off the bench, the the guys like Fabian Moreau and Nick McLeod and Jalen Smith. Talk about an impact Jalen Smith has had at inside linebacker. That's been tremendous. So, you know, I, I'm going to look at these defensive stats. Sometimes the defensive stats don't really, you know, tell a, a big story when you're looking at the box score. A guy might have a ton of tackles, but you look at it and you go, oh, well, it's not really indicative of how well he performed. His tackles were down the field. The Giants were everywhere today. Julian Love had six tackles. Adore Jackson had six tackles and uh, only played a half. Talked to Adore in the locker room. He said he felt as though it was more precautionary, both his neck and his knee. So we'll have to see how he bounces back. Jalen Smith had six tackles. Dexter Lawrence, five tackles and a sack. His third in as many in two games. Kayvon Thibodeau had three tackles and two pass defense. Xavier McKinney, he was not happy with the way he played individually. You know that DPI that got called on him against Robert Tunyon in the first half. Uh, Look, that was a veteran move by Tunyon. He earned that DPI. Uh, It should have been an offensive pass interference. But McKinney kind of got caught uh, uptight. And Tunyon kind of reached around him and pulled him into him. And that was the way he was able to get that penalty. So, happy flight home for the New York Giants. I will be flying home Monday morning. Uh, What can I say? This trip... To London uh, was a lot of fun. 
the performance and the win makes it that much more satisfying when you're covering a team and the way they came back and won this game. Because I'll admit it, at 17-3, I thought this was going to end up being 37-10, 37-13, something like that. But these Giants have guts. They really do. And they fight. And the words from the coaching staff are not hollow. And that's the biggest difference, is that this team believes. You know, I wrote last week that Andrew Thomas told me this team does not flinch. You listen to Brian Dable in the post-game press conference, he says this team doesn't flinch. That's kind of the motto. I know they like smart, tough, and dependable. But I think you need to print up the t-shirts, these Giants don't flinch. Now, at 4-1, and one, are they the best team in the NFC? No. Can they compete? Well, they competed. You know what? You look at that Dallas game, maybe they compete a little differently if Thibodeau and Ojolari are not come playing their first game. But Dallas came in and beat them, made the throws that they needed to make to CeeDee Lamb and put that game away. Do I think they're as, as talented as Philly? No. But let, let's not let's not kid ourselves here. You know, the Green Bay Packers are a team that's searching to find themselves, but they're a Super Bowl contender. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about, oh, well, the Packers. Oh, when they were up 17-3, everybody in the building, everybody on on Twitter tweeting, thinking, they were ready to say the Packers are back. And that's absolutely the case so if the Packers were back at that point you got to give the Giants credit for winning this game the Packers did not give it away the Giants took it and that is if you're a Giants fan that's something that you have to be thrilled about is that this team was not given anything today you want to say, oh, the Bears were terrible and, you know, Tennessee, if they kick the field goal and make it, they, you know, they go. You know, I know th- there have been teams in this league who would have been knocked out of the playoffs and they go on and win the Super Bowl because a, an interception is dropped. Well, I think everyone knows the Giants have two of those in their runs to Super Bowls. If Miles Austin had only caught that pass in 2011, JPP never blocks that field goal, and the Giants likely do not get an opportunity to win the division on the final night of the season. So up next for the Giants, it doesn't get any easier. Talk about going against the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of prototypical quarterback. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens come to town on Sunday. There will not be a bye The Giants will get right back to work. They should land in New Jersey. uh, Pretty similar to what they would normally land in Jersey after a West Coast trip. Or a primetime Sunday night game somewhere. If they played in Dallas on Sunday night, they'll probably get home from London the same amount of time. So... Those are all my takeaways from today's game. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Enjoy this win. 4-1. and one. And as I said last week, if they end up 4-13, and 13, you know what? 
then things did not go well for the quarterback, for the running back, for the coach. The younger players turned into a pumpkin, and that's the way it is. But right now, this team is playing good football. They're not beating themselves, and they're giving giving themselves an opportunity. Who knows if it's going to turn into a playoff berth? I'm not sure. They have some tough games. But if you're telling me that if you looked at the beginning of the season and said, what is the toughest game that the Giants have to play? The toughest game the Giants had to play was today. Green Bay Packers on the road. Aaron Rodgers. No Leo Williams. No Ojolari. Secondaries banged up. Having to play Fabian Moreau and then Nick McLeod when a Dory Jackson goes out at the half. Didn't know Julian Love didn't practice much this week. Xavier McKinney's deep. You're not sure where Landon Collins is going to fit. He didn't even practice because he just got here with the team. He's another factor that's going to f- come into this equation for the Giants. I could not be more impressed with what I saw from the Giants, both in the locker room, on the field. They are playing very well right now. And I think as Giants fans, you need to enjoy it. Go all in with this team. Let them break your heart. But you're building something here. There's no question about it. We'll see who's involved in 2023 and 2024. But this feels like you're not only building something, you're winning games that you're not supposed to win. And not fluke. Not by fluke. This wasn't a fluke today. They beat the Green Bay Packers. They went out there. Aaron Rodgers didn't get hurt. Aaron Rodgers didn't get screwed by a ref or anything else or a bad play call. This was the New York Giants essentially coming of age today. And as Kayvon Thibodeau said, we showed the world. And they did. They were on an international stage. They were here in London. They were a standalone game this this morning. So much is made about Daniel Jones in prime time. That was a standalone game this morning. It may have been 9.30 in the morning back home, but that was the only game in town. And the New York Giants came out on top. As always, I appreciate you being all in. We're all in. We'll catch you this week. And safe travels to anyone who was able to make the trip out here. I will... Be on a plane tomorrow, and it'll be very good to be back with my family back home uh, because they're all in with this, with all of us as well. But sometimes you just need to be home with family, and that will be where I am uh, come Monday. So back out at the practice field on Wednesday at Quest Diagnostics, and then the Giants will get ready for the Ravens. Appreciate you listening. As always, please subscribe, download, listen, and as I said, digital subscriptions. Please make it happen. So trips like this can happen, so this podcast can continue, and we can stay all in. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. 
Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.